WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the downtown studios here in Indianapolis at 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 on this Sunday, November 21st, 2021, the week ahead of Thanksgiving. I hope so many of you get to go back and catch up with your families after taking a break last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This time last year, we were still deep into it, and a lot of us had a smaller Uh, Thanksgiving than normal. So with that said, hope you've got your shots and you're healthy and you can go back and see your family so that y'all can argue about the normal things that you argue about this time of year. Hey, with that said, uh, we got a good show for you here, as we always do. And we're talking all about education. Several school districts here in central Indiana continuously are making headlines for a number of different reasons. Uh, You could go to Pike Township, where the bus drivers and teachers are demanding better pay and better working conditions in a situation where they're already short-staffed. So it does not take a lot for someone to call off, and now your kids are having an e-learning day. But is that just a Pike Township issue, or is that really happening at districts all across the state, and Pike Township is just the one that has no problem letting you know, hey, here's what's going on. We'll talk about that, and we want to talk to you. We want to know if you're a teacher, if you're a bus driver, if you're a parent, if you're a student from Pike Township. We definitely want to hear from you this morning. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. And you don't have to live in Pike to sound off on that issue because I'm telling you, it's happening in other places. But Pike Township's not the only district we'll talk about this morning. IPS is making headlines this week for their decision to start allowing... Uh, their referendum money to be shared with not only the IPS traditional schools, but also those innovation charter schools. Now, that gets a lot of people fired up because there has been a new law that's been passed that says school districts can share their funds with charter schools. So IPS is doing just that, but not everybody is happy about it and not everybody feels that it is legal. Already the phone lines are blowing up and we're going to jump right into the topic this morning with what's going on at IPS, as that decision is now final. The school board has voted on it uh, this week. But we're also going to talk about Pike Township. So right now, start calling 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. We're going to start this morning with talking about uh, Pike Township itself. Um, bus drivers, teachers have been calling off. Um, and, you know, Some would call it a strike. The teachers are a part of a union and the and they are not condoning any such things as a sick out. Um, but it really doesn't take that many people. If you need 15 people to get a job done, we're just making up something. And you're already short five. Well, if three people call out, you're already up the creek. So it doesn't take a lot uh, to get in a situation where you don't have enough teachers or you don't have enough bus drivers to get the routes done when you were already short in the first place. And that, I promise you, is happening at districts 
all across the state, both for teachers and school bus drivers. So I reached out to Pike Township uh, on Friday and sent them a message inviting uh, the superintendent to come on the show here this morning. Unfortunately, uh, that email was not even acknowledged. I don't know if they didn't get it or what the issue was, but uh, a number of other of my colleagues here in Indianapolis have put out that same request. Um, I also just sent in some questions, you know, hey, could I get a written response to these and we'll read these back on the show. And we did not get a uh, any type of response from Pike Township. So with that said, uh, Wish TV's Jasmine Miner has been covering uh, every uh, angle of this Pike Township issue, and she's been, been doing a fantastic job. And just as she was doing her report the other day, uh, she was made aware of a petition uh, for Dr. Flora, the superintendent there at Pike Township. Uh, there were calls for her resignation, and there is a uh, petition that has now been posted online asking that she resign uh, due to all of this chaos. But with that said, it's really a race at this point to see who's going to go first, the superintendent or the number of teachers and school bus drivers who say they could go to any other district in the area and make more money. I've had my first three periods. I had no one this morning. They're, they're sleeping in. Bill Rawls is a teacher at Pike High School, and he says he didn't have any of his students show up for their morning remote classes today. They're not getting it on. And they, they just, they were worn out by it. Worn out from having to go back and forth between online and in-person learning due to a lack of teachers or bus drivers who are fighting for raises. And bus drivers typically will get paid for the, uh, like, fall break, uh, Christmas break, and spring break. They were told last Friday that they weren't getting paid for those. Bill, who used to be a chief negotiator for Perry Township, says what's more concerning is when he takes a closer look at the school's budget. Approximately $5 million right there for in that fund. He says the Teachers Association is only asking for about $3 million, which equals out to a nearly 7% pay raise. Your expenditures are extrapolated to be only $23 million. So there's a $7 million difference there. If you add the two, seven and five million, there's $12 million that they extrapolate that they're not going to spend for this fiscal uh, calendar year. IT made also found Superintendent Dr. Flora Reichenauter was given a 9% pay raise from 2019 to 2020. It's added fuel to the fire of many questioning why the district can't pay their staff more money. Numerous teachers, including myself, that are thinking about leaving. I'm going to retire, I think, at the end of the year. As he says, the kids are getting hurt in the process. Tomorrow, if they come, uh, we'll... I'll be having to do backup for what they missed today. They're getting hurt yeah. severely. Well, I reached out to the district about the budget, the superintendent's pay raise, and a response to calls for her resignation. And so far, I have not gotten a response. And I just want to add this petition has gone over 206 signatures now. I'm Jasmine Miner for Wish TV, wishtv.com, and follow us on Facebook. Seriously, And so, right there, uh, that's a report from Wish TV's Jasmine Miner. You can go to wishtv.com for more details on all of the different stories and angles that she's covered this as, as far as talking to the students and other families. But right there, there you have it. Um, an ongoing issue there in Pike Township. So what do you think about it? Call us 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. All hour long, we're just going to take your calls about what is happening in education. This first half hour, we're going to start with what's happening in Pike Township. Phone lines are already hot. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. What's your name? Uh, Jeff. Jeff? Okay, what's on yeah. your mind? 
Well, I just wanted to say, so one of the things that a lot of people forgot about when it came to bus drivers, because I almost became a bus driver, and uh, right before I became a bus driver, whenever you drove for a particular school during the summer break when they wasn't driving, you were allowed to get unemployment until the school started back up, and then, of course, you would go back to working again. Mm -hmm. Well, they eliminated that process. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for to keep a driver because if you're only going to keep me for uh, part of the year and then... When I'm not working, I have to find something. Mm -hmm. So if I start a new job, I'm not going to quit that job to come back to drive a school bus. Mm -hmm. So I think they kind of created that problem when it comes to uh, one of the problems that they done created when they uh, decided to uh, not allow drivers to collect unemployment when they're unemployed or something. And you are absolutely correct. And that right there is not even a Pike issue. That's a state issue because, as you said, it's all the other. It's happening at all the districts. So you're absolutely right on that. Right, and that's when, uh, and that was the original decline of bus driving mm -hmm. started, and it's just been going down ever since. Yep. But I just wanted to add that that no one ever talks about that or speaks that, so I just thought I'd throw that in. I appreciate Thank you me. calling in with that. Thank you. Yeah, Jeff is is absolutely right. So. For those of you who are who are new here, I'm also a school bus driver, not in Pike Township, but in Perry Township. And unless you do extra work, you're contracted. Uh, to get paid for the school year, which in Indiana is 180 days. For those of you who know, there are 365 days in a year. And if you were to work every single, you know, Monday through Friday, 52 weeks a year, that's 260 days, um, you know, that you norm that you would get in a normal year. So uh, the, the great state of Indiana decided that since school bus drivers will return to their jobs in the fall that they're not actually unemployed. Sorry, we don't know what you're going to do, how to, how you're going to pay your bills in uh, June, July, and that first month of August, because you know it takes a little while for that check to come back up. So that's why school districts lose bus drivers every year, because uh, the, the IPL and the bill collectors, they don't care that you're a school bus driver and you can't work that you're not getting paid three months out of the year. So then you got to try and find, you got to try and drive summer school or you go drive a truck. And when you do that, they don't come back. Uh, so this is what I'm talking about where so much of the issues that are happening in our school districts start at the state level. Uh, and as we continue this conversation this morning, you will see that, hmm, well, Pike's going on. Pike's hands in some way, not always, but are kind of tied. And this issue is happening at this district and that district because of how your state lawmakers have said school districts have to operate. Let's stay on the phone lines, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, Cameron. You know when they amended our Constitution and so-called property tax caps, this is what that happened. Mm -hmm. The circuit breaker in, in 2020, right? Yep. That's when corporations don't pay for the operations and building and uh, maintenance of building in our school districts throughout the state. So it's pervasive. They don't have the money. And another thing is, I talked about that uh, Prosecutor uh, Terry is not doing his job. It's his duty to prosecute any uh, uh, county superintendent who tries to assist or take any money from the conducting of private or uh, county normal schools. Those are the charters and innovation schools. He's supposed to bring an action against uh, Alicia Johnson and find her and have her removed from office because she's already done what she's doing. But they won't do it because Prosecutor Kerry's trying to be elected mayor. He's going in with Maggie Lewis and the Mind Trust 
to defer people to these uh, so-called charter schools so that he can get elected mayor. That's the only thing he's doing. And, and, and you're saying who's who? What prosecutor is supposed to be doing this? What he's supposed to be doing? He's supposed to Are you be saying? Ter- did you say action. Terry Curry? Uh, yeah, Curry. He's supposed to be bringing an action against Alicia Johnson in the name of the state of Indiana in relation to himself against any person that violates right. Well, the provision. well. Well, hold and that thought because we're gonna we're gonna talk more about IPS in the next okay, hour, and 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 and, I, and and guess what? I will let you call back so we'll, when we we'll talk more about IPS. But hey, hey, but j- just just so you know, Terry Curry hasn't taken any action on that because Terry Curry passed away. He's not not the Terry Curry, but this will tell you how old the old the situation is. The new prosecutor has the same information, That's and he won't do anything about it because he's trying to be married. All right. That's why he's doing it. Thank he's you, Larry. Human traffickers like Maggie Lewis. Thank you. All right. Yeah, we'll talk more in IPS. I'll let you talk for that. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. This morning, we're talking all about what's happening in education. It's not just happening in Indianapolis. There's been headlines this week out of Muncie where the kids have been protesting because the attorney general, as I told you last week in our news headlines, has asked that all references of Black Lives Matter uh, be removed from classrooms. And the students were not having that as uh, the school security started taking things down off of classrooms wall, classroom walls, and they start, started walking out. Again, not something that the Muncie School Board sat around and decided to do, but it was somebody down at the state house who has caused this issue inside of Indiana classrooms. But it's not just, you know, those issues. It's across the board. We're having so many issues. And I guess the point that I want to point out this morning is that they all go back to the state house. So right now we're talking about this issue in Pike Township where the teachers and the bus drivers are demanding better pay, uh, are demanding uh, better working conditions. You know, these teachers are, uh, you know, you're already short staffed. And then you put COVID on top of, and this goes for the teachers and the bus drivers. So the people who's, who showed up to work, not because their folks are are purposely calling out sick, but because, you know, some of it's happened to some of y'all where you're doing just fine. Your kid's fine, but they were a close contact with somebody, and the school says you got to take them back home. Now you got to sit at home. Now you can't go to work, and that's happening in these school districts. And so the people who are showing up are having to double their classes. So you're taking your the the kids from the room next to you, and you're squeezing them all in your room, or you're going to set up class in the cafeteria. And this one teacher is is basically having a mega class for the day. And the same situation is happening on the buses where these bus drivers are packing these kids uh, as many butts can fit in a seat. They're having to put them on there or they're having to do their route, take those kids home, come back, get another route and take them home. So those kids are getting home an hour late. Mechanics are driving, office staff are driving. This is happening all over. But I'm, I'm telling you, this is what's happening in Pike Township. And it doesn't take a lot. For, for things to fall apart when you're already short-staffed is my point. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, this is Kim. Kim, you're live on the air. What's on your mind? Hi. In um, reference to the Pike Township issue, and like you, you said, it, it's happening across the United States, actually. Um, and I have the privilege of having both worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a former educator as well as a former bus driver years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know both ends. Um, what people fail to realize when it comes to bus drivers is it's actually a skilled trade, mm-hmm. right? Which means 
you have to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, some people look down on that. I don't know, but like I said, from a former 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 bus driver standpoint, if I'm not getting paid enough, and you said those summer months are coming off, they just ended it when I stopped driving. Mm-hmm. Um, but you no longer can get unemployment during the summer, um, and you know that your skill is worth a certain amount. If they're not giving you that, then you're not driving. Mm-hmm. The same as being an educator. It's a skill, right? You have to go to school and learn what to do. Mm-hmm. So when they're not put in that class and they're not giving what they're worth and they already have a lot of trouble on top of that, and then you pack in more students daily, the average student, and this is all goes back to just money, um, the average student, if their student does not have any specific needs, uh, they get, the state gets about six to $7,000 for a traditional student with no specific needs. Mm-hmm. If that student has specific needs, the state gets between seven to twelve thousand dollars per student. So, if they don't have any money, it's because they're not managing that money correctly. It's not that they don't have any money; they have it. Mm-hmm. The budget is not being managed correctly. So, this these are the results that you get. You get people who are not getting in the classroom for teachers. You're not paying them well. You're getting the bus drivers. You're cutting their route hours. You know, you're a bus driver. Mm-hmm. You're cutting their pay, and they're not showing up. What do you expect for people to do if you're not living up to what they need to live their daily lives? What do you think they're going to do and how much do you think they're going to put in to the job that they're supposed to be doing if you're not helping them meet their needs? So it has to be somewhere in the middle where the state and the um, the different jobs have to come together to meet and say, hey, this is fair. This is not fair, which we've tried several times throughout the years. Um, and I'm actually glad IPS is stepping up to the plate and not in the um, negative like this time mm-hmm. around. But um, they have to do something because, you know, I, my daughter, you know, she's about to be graduating from high school soon. I would not put my child, if I had another child, to a traditional school setting if I did because of these reasons. I don't trust it. It's all about the money and the students suffer at the end. That's all I have to say about that. Hey, Kim, we appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, you know, she talked about school funding and how how the state sends that money down. And here's the way it was explained to me by a school um, a school official when we sat down and talked about pay and things we could do to get more staff. So picture a pizza, or if you're in a Thanksgiving mood, picture a pie, and slice that pie up. So the right half of the pie is going to be your operating expenses. So your, your salary, that, that's everything that it takes to operate a school. And, and this isn't exact, but to get you the picture, half of that pie goes to that. So that's keeping the lights on, that's paying bills, that's salaries, that's getting books for the kids, that's getting paper for the printer. All that comes out half of that budget. The other half is for improvements to the building, uh, you know, building buildings or um it could be uh, adding on to buildings or upgrades. You need a new air conditioner. You need a new heater. And your bus replacement comes out of that other uh, that other side of the pizza or the pie. So now you just got all this money. Yep, state's sending you a gajillion dollars to this, to this district. But, okay, now we're just talking about half of it because half of it we can't even touch for salaries. Now we just got half of that pie. Now divide that half in half, and you've got uh, a portion that can only be used for, you know, remember, you got to get out of that half of that pie. You got printer paper, you've got 
uh, electric bills, computers, you name it, whatever the things that the school has to pay for comes out of that half of that pie. Now divide that half in half. Now you're down to your salaries. And this is everybody. This is your teachers. This is your bus drivers. This is your administrators. The state says you can pay your folks whatever you want. If you want to pay your teachers um, $100,000 and your bus drivers $100,000, go right ahead. Do your thing. But you better find that $100,000 a pop in that fourth of this total budget that we gave you. You cannot, although you got, your, you know, because what, what do we always say? The school is building all, the, all these uh, fancy football stadiums and they're getting new buses every year and they're adding on to this school and they're building this school. That's because that comes out of a different side of a budget. So we always say, well, why can't you take some of that money that you use to make this fancy football stadium and give it to the teachers? Because the great state of Indiana says that you can't. That money is for that. So take that fourth of a pie. We cut that pie down in, in fourths. Now, out of that fourth of a bajillion dollars, and I'm just, you know, that's not even a real number. Pay your teachers and bus drivers with that. So what's happening over at Pike Township is teachers and bus drivers are fighting. And, and kudos to them. They're actually fighting together because usually the teachers come out of divide that fourth now in half. Teachers come out of a classified pot. Uh, or is that certified? Teachers come out of the certified pot. And the bus drivers come out of the classified staff pot. And so then those unions are usually fighting back and forth for a fourth of a pie. And they can't touch any of this other money. So now you guys are essentially teachers and bus drivers are fighting over the final slice or the final two slices and which way they're going to be cut. And that happens at every single Indiana school district. So how do you remedy that? The state needs to adjust and say how much money of that pie can be given to salaries. I wish there was a school official here who could call in and back me up on, on what it was, how it's been explained. But that's how it's been explained to me. And so the issue that Pike is having with these teachers and bus drivers at the school is saying this is all the money we were able to give you. It's because they're only allowed a section of that pie for salaries. When you all as listeners and voters and parents and teachers need to be calling your uh, state legislator or your state senator and saying, hey, we need to adjust the way schools, if you're not going to give schools more money, then you need to allow them more autonomy on how they can divvy up their budget for salaries. 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, how's it going? Good. What's your name? Hey, it's Mayhem. As a taxpayer, that analogy sounds good, but we need to go back to every district and audit and see who really, especially dealing in IPS, who's getting this money? Who is taking the taxpayer's money? I understand people want raises, this and that, but uh, Indianapolis, Indiana got the worst school district uh, uh, in uh, almost in the country, and we want uh, teachers to get raises. Well, first, teachers need to do their jobs. Uh, but uh, we need to see who's who's really getting this money. Mm -hmm. Like they said, this gone on. This problem was going on a long time. Now it's hitting, hit, hitting, hitting news. Now we knew this was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, some people need to need to be locked up because IPS. We already know people are stealing money, and as a taxpayer, my money is going up. 
my my property taxes are going up. Uh, uh, most people uh, in the inner city got tricked in voting for that referendum. Uh, and um, people need to go to jail, man. I don't care how y'all think how Larry's saying it, but uh, he's telling the truth. We we got duped. And Pike, I mean, I thought that was um um I thought they knew what they was doing out there. But um hey, we need to, as a taxpayer, we need to see where our money is going, and um. And some people need to go to jail. Uh, I'm tired of paying these high taxes and every problem. Every time you look up, we get like San Francisco and Boston. I don't want to be like them cities. Thank you. Hey, appreciate the call. 317-239-9696. Want to take another call or two before we go to break? Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, my name is Rebecca Lawson. Rebecca, you're live on the air. Good morning. Yes, I'm calling. I'm, I'm an assistant in Pike Township. Okay. And... um. We, you know, I haven't heard anybody call in yet. First thing I want to say is that um, I've been with Pike for 21 years, very faithful teaching assistant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, we they haven't talked about this. We make 16.75 an hour, mm-hmm. and we and I've I've did 21 years there, and we and I, we can go in a classroom and cover. We can do mm-hmm. anything that's asked of us. We do. And so I think they need to start including the assistants. Nobody, you know, it's been bus drivers and teachers. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. <clears throat> we need to start worrying about what teaching assistants are going to do. Because like you said, we're like the bus drivers. We don't get paid in the summer. We don't get paid when school's, you know, not in session. And if you, if I was a person that depended on that income solely, mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't have stayed at this job for 21 years mm-hmm. being an assistant. Mm-hmm. of working with the children. And like they said, there's money allotted for, you know, the assistants to do a certain job. But if you don't pay them, we can't keep assistance in the program. And they talk about, um, he was talking, the, the caller just hung up talking about um, teachers doing their jobs. Well, we need to take it a little further. The teachers are trying to do their jobs, but right now they're made to, you know, we got to teach these kids how to pass a test. Let's go back to old school Let's let the teachers start teaching in elementary and do their job like they want to and let them teach the kids, and I think it'll be a better situation. But I think the teachers in Pike need to be um, get a raise. I think bus drivers need to get a raise. I think ass- teaching assistants also need to get a raise. And um, if uh, that's my take on it is let's give us all a raise. And let me ask you before you go, as a teaching assistant, you know, you're you're there to assist the teacher, but with with so many shortages and and I know how bad schools need substitute teachers. Haven't you just been substituting for entire classes and you're just running the show several times this year? Um I we are. We -hmm. do have to cover classes. Um they do try to They do try. They went with Kelly's system. They are trying to get, you know, building subs in the building. Mm-hmm. But, again, I don't know what they get paid per hour, but evidently it's not enough because you're not getting, even going through Kelly, you're not getting people to sign up and come in and cover a classroom. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I just I think I look at what teachers make and how much of a raise they've gotten. I know with teaching assistants, I know that assistants aren't getting raises. We got assistants getting hired in, and they're making 75 cents less than somebody who's been there 21 years. And I don't want to sound angry, but it is a fact, you know, that people hiring in 
are making not much less, and that's the way our teachers in Pike Township feel, and new teachers hiring in, not making much less than what somebody who's been there 11 years, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we can't, I just say that our, you know, it starts from the top. If everybody needs to be able to survive, and so we have to start from the top, you know, on down, you know, as far as where the money needs to be equally given out. But my one concern is, is he talked about teachers doing their job. I believe teachers do their jobs, but the state and different people have stepped in and made it so that they have to, you know, teach certain things. Let's go back the way it was when I was in school and the teachers taught you, you know, your basics and you were prepared for middle school and high school. Thank you so much. Thank you for your 21 years of service. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We're going to continue this conversation here this morning. We're talking all about education. It's an open lines hour, just about what's happening in our Indiana schools, Pike Township, uh, IPS coming up. We're going to discuss how they are changing some things around. Uh, And while it's going to benefit some kids, not everybody is still happy about it. We'll still continue to talk about Pike. I know there's folks standing by on the line. If you're hearing the show on your phone, I'm coming to you next right after this commercial break. Call us 317-239-9696. Call us and jump in line. More of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle coming up after this. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. And welcome back to Open Lines here on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, and i got to say thank you to the 100 black men of Indianapolis for allowing me to be your MC yesterday. Had a great time. We raised lots of money for all of the things that uh, that fantastic organization does 365 days a year. And also thank you to the Indiana Commission on the Social Status of Black Males. You may remember we had them on the show earlier this year. Thank you to you for allowing me to be your MC for the event we had the other week. And I also did something for the Indiana Black Social Worker, Women Black Social Workers in Indiana. Thank you for allowing me to be your virtual MC this week. It's been a very busy week for me. And uh, I just want to say thank you to the folks who have entrusted me to do uh, the Master of Ceremonies duties uh, for their events. Thank you. I had a great time doing all of those. Uh, this past week and the week before. Hey, we are talking all about education this morning here on Open Lines. A lot of talk about what's happening in Pike Township, but also what is happening in IPS. I'm going to play a story here in a second to get you caught up on what's what's the deal in IPS. But first, there were, we've got several callers standing by. So if you're hearing the phone, uh, if you're hearing the show in your phone, stay there, don't hang up. I'm coming to you. I want to take one caller before I go uh, and play this story because you've been waiting the longest, and I think it was caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hello there. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Um, hi. This is Akiba. I just want to call. I don't. Uh, I just called the last comment with the teacher's assistant. Mm-hmm. 
I just wanted to say I'm my oldest child is 20 years old. She's now a junior at Loyola University. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to encourage parents to do your research. Um, I personally have lost faith in the public township system. Um, my daughter was in sixth grade, and I realized that she had 33 kids in her classroom. Mm-hmm. They only had a teacher's assistant two days a week. And this was in Lawrence Township, which I graduated from Lawrence Township. So I never saw I had full faith at that time in Lawrence Township. I'm like, oh, this is great. She'll go to Lawrence Township and had a horrible experience. Actually kept her in Lawrence Township for two years. And at sixth grade, uh, well, right before sixth grade, I decided to take her out um, because I felt like um, I noticed that her behavior was starting to change. And it was starting to change because the curriculum was not up to her level and also because of all the different distractions in the classroom. Switched her from Lawrence Township to Horizon Christian, which is a private Christian school, and was told that she was actually behind grade level in math and got an explanation from someone at the new school stating that basically um, the way that Lawrence Township structures their curriculum, they spend most of the beginning of the year reviewing for the previous year, um, and then they begin to teach the ISEP, and if you heard me correctly, they begin to teach the ISEP, mm-hmm. not to teach the curriculum for the ISEP, but teach the ISEP. Mm-hmm. So um, basically teaching them how to answer the ISEP questions so that they would pass the mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would start new curriculum towards like the last three months of the year. And I was like, oh, wow. And they told me only because my daughter was so intelligent that she would be she was catching up and she would be caught up like within two weeks so i privately educated her from sixth to eighth grade and then put her into bishop chatard and had a wonderful experience at chatard so i now have two smaller children that are seven and nine and they go to turning point i absolutely love turning point and right now they only go up to eighth grade so i'm praying that they get their high school curriculum and build the building for high school because I do not have to switch my children. But one thing it took is a lot of sacrifices about private school because there um, there are, you do have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very thankful that I found out about the school choice voucher back when my daughter was in sixth grade because it made it a lot easier financially. Um, but I still had to make sacrifices. I actually decided um, to give my car back at that time because it was more important if I could pay $300 a month for a car than I could pay pay for her tuition mm-hmm. um so it's a lot of sacrifices there's no buses you have to take them you have to pick them up but when i tell you that um every year my children do the end you know the nwea and they are consistently scoring um above the state average and uh, even above the national average so i just encourage parents to do their research don't choose a school that's just convenient for you choose a school that is going to properly educate your children and i honestly I know other parents that had their children in township schools and they went to college and had issues. I went to college and and to class of 2000, Lawrence Central. I went to college and had issues because at Lawrence Township, we wrote four papers the whole year. And you get to college and they tell you, okay, a paper is due every three or four weeks. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, wait, what? I don't, I'm not prepared for this. I don't know how to do this. Um, and yes, some colleges have structure and have support there, but as the other teacher's assistant caller was stating, like they don't, they, I don't have confidence that they're going to prepare my child for college. That's why I chose Shatar because they were excellent 
And that's one of the things that I was looking for. Another thing is also with Chatard and even Horizon and even with Turning Point, you can't just go and say, I want my child to go here. They actually had me fill out an application. They interviewed my daughter. They took a, She took a high school placement test to make sure that it would be a good fit for her to make sure that she wouldn't be she wouldn't be behind mm-hmm. versus other children that maybe have been privately educated their whole life. Um, so do your research on what school is going to be the best fit for okay. your child and be cautious about a school being called a magnet school and to know exactly what that means. All right. Um, and don't be afraid that you have to pay for uniforms. Don't be afraid that you have to bring supplies. All of these are sacrifices as parents that we have to make. And one last time, if you look at other races, Caucasian races, especially Asian races, they normally privately educate their child from kindergarten, you know, from preschool. Um, and if you look at the difference in where they are, if you go into work environments, who's normally the supervisor? There are some people of color that are in supervisor and management positions, but it's more few and far between. So these things work. Invest in your children now, and you are definitely going to get that return later on in life. All right. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. We're talking all about education this morning on Open Lines. Call us 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Uh, we're talking about lots of different school districts, not just one, any one in particular, because they've all got... Uh, you know, some situations going on, uh, like it or not. So let's also bring IPS into the mix. Some of you might have heard the big headlines out of that school district this week, and that is that they have decided to share some of the referendum money that they got in 2018 with their innovation charter schools. Um, and so uh, there's been a new law that says a school district can change um, how they use their funds. They can, state law says, IPS can use that money um, with their charter schools. But the controversy is that law didn't address previous referendums. So this is money that IPS still had from 2018, and so they're going to use it. They've made that decision. The story, As the story I'm going to explain from Channel 13 um, as I'm going to play that story explains, they've made the decision to hand that money out, but not everybody's happy with that. Some people are happy with that because the students who go to these charter schools that are so semi part of IPS, their teachers weren't don't get the raises because they're not part of the union that the IPS teachers are, and they so they're getting paid less. And the students who went to the IPS charter schools weren't getting the same money that students at IPS's traditional schools are getting. So, as you can imagine, if you go to a charter school, hey, this is good news for you. If you go to one of IPS's Innovation Network schools, if you're a teacher or a student, more money's coming your way. But if you are going to one of IPS's traditional schools or if you work there, there's a fear that money's being taken away from you. Uh, so this is good news on one hand, if depending on who you ask, and bad news on the other hand. Let's get the details right now from WTHR Channel 13. The school board at IPS gave the green light to start sharing district funds with charter schools. The money comes from a referendum that was voted on in 2018, but the catch is it didn't specify who can and cannot get the money. Some parents say it's only fair that all IPS students get those funds. 
And yes, equity extends to funding and how we ensure we have done all we At the meeting, several parents voiced their support to share 2018 operating referendum dollars with all IPS schools. Sharing of these funds is about what is fair, what is right, and what is equitable. Sasha Fletcher is part of a group of parents who launched a series of recommendations in March to make schools more just and equitable, saying that includes school funding. As someone who cares deeply about equity in our entire family of schools, I am not just in this for my child but for all IPS children. And commissioners had mixed opinions, ultimately deciding to give $5 million annually to 25 of its charter schools. But there are a few requirements. At least 3% of the funding needs to be used for teacher compensation. The remainder can go to support students. Schools will also be required to share spending data of the funds and verify use of state charter school grant funding. Going forward, IPS plans to analyze its finances for the whole district to make sure every student has access to quality education. This is an investment in IPS students and once again a demonstration of IPS's commitment to listening, collaborating and partnering. And charter schools will be receiving the funding twice a year. The referendum ends in 2026. That report from Channel 13 over at WTHR.com. You can go there for the details on that one. So let me be clear. It is totally legal for any Indiana public school to share money with a charter school that they partner with that the law says that they can now do that. But Indiana Representative Ed Delaney, who ironically represents Pike Township and part of IPS, says that the law did not address previous referendums. So he's sending a warning that IPS may be breaking uh, the law because in 2018, when IPS asked for that money, they did not say that it was going to be for charter schools. Well, that's because at the time, you couldn't. So he's he's saying there's a legal gray area about previous money. Can you go back in time and give that money out? And right now, the legal folks are saying, eh, kind of a gray area. Nevertheless, that's kind of a side thing. But what do you think? 317-239-9696. Again, this is undoubtedly good news if you go to an IPS charter school, uh, but it's it's concerning for some folks who go to the traditional schools because, as you know, there's been a long battle and, and fear that traditional public schools, their money is going to be taken away and given to these charter schools. So 317-239-9696. What do you think? Let's go to the phone lines. We're talking all about education this morning. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. You're live on the air. Hi. How are you doing? I'm Hi, good. Uh, I, I don't think it's just Indianapolis. It's, it's places. I have a son that goes to school in Muncie. Oh, it's not just in Indianapolis at all. Huh? It's not just Indianapolis at all. This is across the state. It, it, it's, it's like everywhere. It, now, I wouldn't say it's too many universities because people have to pay to go there. So mm-hmm. they need to keep people in school so they can get that money. But I think a lot of people fail to realize that this is the way of the world. E-learning, computers, all electronics. So they're trying to get everybody prepared to, you know, for the future to do these these things at home because that's that's what's about to happen. Uh, schools and things the way how we used to live won't be any means like in ten years. We'll live a completely different life, stay in the house more, uh, all that just because of COVID and things like that. That's why things are getting stretched out the way they are. I think. And that's all I wanted to say. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much, sir. Yes. 
going to try and squeeze in as many calls as I can, so I'm going to ask everybody to keep your thoughts to about a minute uh, because we've talked so long that the show will be over before long. So 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hi, this is Kim. Kim, what's on your mind? Yes, I got I got in two times in a row. Okay, Kim, okay. I'm giving you 30 <laughs> seconds in because you've already yes, been on. Yes, okay. But I think that um, um, IPS should absolutely share that um, with the char- uh, neighboring or partnering charter schools. Um, it's important that all the students get the same um, access to different in-class and out-class uh, support and instruction. So I definitely think that they should do that. Um, it's not taken away from the children, but we need to make sure that that money, like I stated in a previous call, that that money is being managed where it needs to be managed so the students can succeed. That's all, right. all I have to say. Thank you so much for the call, Kim. 317-239-9696. Rapid fire with phone calls this morning until 9 o'clock. Caller on line 3. Good morning. Who's this? It's, it's the same old thing that has happened historically. The desk is at the top of the food chain. Mm-hmm. But at the top of our food chain are doing nothing but human trafficking our kids. We're doing nothing about it. Alicia Johnson needs to be expelled from her job. Prosecutor won't do it because he wants to be mayor. So uh, I just think we let I wonder why I asked my mentor, Julian, Julian, how did the Jews end up being in concentration camps? He said the consensus was so bad against them, Larry, people hated them, and they wanted them to die. So that's what's happening now. Black people are being hauled into uh, what I call these charter school concentration camps and being uh, dismantled our whole community by by, by bougie color folks. We're at the top of the food chain, like 15 Don, seconds. Don Bartlett and I, the politicians, and the Black Caucus. I will go to the State House to expose them this year as soon as the session opens. All right, that's time. Thank you, sir. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. We're talking about education this morning. What's on your mind? Good morning. I just wanted to make sure that when I listen to uh, Ms. Fletcher speak for uh, for me, which I am not, I am not a proponent for letting my taxes that went up in 2018 for for traditional IPS schools to be bamboozled in the thought that I meant I wanted my money to go into charters. When people make the choice of charters, then they accept what comes to charters. Mm-hmm. They are robbing the district, and I want to expose Justin Owen Miller. He is Stanford Children's uh, uh, writer. They write these scripts. And Miss Fletcher is a part of Stanford Children. They sit down and prepare a speech and pretend this is what we want when it really isn't. They are they pay, they give them little uh, cards. I've been I've followed them to even see. They hand them out little uh stipend things to get them to stand up and say, We really believe in in, in uh, our charter school. What you believe in is what is bringing out for you. You're not speaking for all of us. And if you look up Miss Fletcher, Miss Sasha Fletcher, you will find that she is a Stanford children uh, parent, and they prepare them very well with their speeches. They 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 write them out for them, and I already know that because even for the people that come in sometimes and they want them to get charters, they will say we'll help you write what you need as long as you're a part of robbing the district and dismantling the district. Which uh, Superintendent uh, Johnson, she's a. Uh, 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 a, a, a person that's a part of Teach for America, and the whole thing about that is education reform. But they're reforming it in traditional. All right. And as they said, the young lady, if you caught what she said, my children had to test to see if they are part 
so they could be a part of these schools. That's the other problem. When we come to these selected little charters and other schools, you're testing them, which means when traditional public schools, we have to take everybody, whether you test high or low. Yep. And that's the big problem. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. 317-239-9696. Three minutes left in the show, and we still got more folks calling in. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello, this is San. San, good morning. You got a minute. You're live on the air. Okay. Um, I want to I want to um, deal with the elephant in the room. I I'm I'm a teacher. I'm also and I've been a teacher, and I'm also a parent. The most important teacher is the parent. The most important teacher is our community. The most important thing we need to do is share our history of, of what we can do. Uh, the reason why I say that is because the parent sets and the community sets the stage. Uh, one kid in med school. Uh, and pre-med was second in his class, doing well. Med in Antigua, mm-hmm. nine children that expected their kids to learn that he lived in Connecticut, though. All nine children had to read a book out every week, every Friday. They sat down and they had to discuss the book. The parents from Antigua just demanded for them to, whatever school they went to, you better do your best. You better get an education. All right. A bunch of them are doctors, met this young man. Um, my kids are good, med school, entrepreneur, masters, uh, businesswoman, and my grandchildren are good, doing good. It's what you expect. And I don't think my parents, I'm a little old lady, I don't think my parents got uh, a high school education, but they demanded that I get the education to get something in my head. The right. most important teacher is the parents. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, ooh, it's 8.50. It's 8.59. We are completely out of time. We're going to have to continue this conversation next week, uh, and I think we will. By the way, um, I messed up. You know, I did reach out to Pike Township and invited them to come on, but I also sent a request. I wanted the IPS superintendent, Alicia Johnson, to come on, but I realized late this weekend that I was sending that request to the wrong person who doesn't even work at IPS. Um in PR anymore. So, uh, Superintendent Johnson, every time we call, she usually does come, but um, this time. So, with that said, hope to have when I can get connected with the right, with the new person, to get the superintendent on. She's always willing to come over and uh, and talk. But again, that's a decision that IPS did go ahead and decide to make. School board has approved it uh, as of Thursday night. So, With that said, that's going to do it for this edition of the Open Line Show with Cameron Riddle. We'll be back same time, same stations next week. Hey, in between now and then, it is Thanksgiving, and I sincerely hope that you have a happy holiday, that you can be with your family. Uh, If you uh, know somebody who's probably going to be alone on on Thanksgiving, make sure you reach out and invite them over to your place uh, because it's been a tough year it's been a tough past two years last year we didn't even really have a thanksgiving i don't even remember thanksgiving from last year that's how sad it is so i'm really looking forward to it uh this week some uh, some fried turkey a couple of patty labelle pies it's gonna be a good week we'll see you back here same time same station this is open lines with cameron riddle on 106.7 wtlc and hot 96.3